Yo, before we get into this podcast, I want to ask for a huge favor from you. And that is if you have or you are getting value from this podcast, if you were to leave us a review or subscribe, it would mean the world. And quite frankly, selfishly, it's because I want to, we want to continue sharing these conversations, this medicine with the world. And when you leave a review, when you subscribe, it's a vote. And we would love to have your vote. Nonetheless, thank you so much and enjoy. Alex, my friend, how are you doing? I'm blessed and blissful. It's great to see you and be with you. Blessed and blissful. I can dig that. I can dig that. So it's been, what, where are we at? We're in uh, May now. Last time I, yeah, it was about two months ago. Last time I saw you, we were at Okeechobee Music Festival, being a bunch of hooligans running around like a bunch of free spirits, dancing, singing, jumping, bouncing, enjoying the shit out of each other's company and the people around us. And I don't know about you, but my post Okeechobee experience, hence everything with COVID, went from super connected to super disconnected in some sense. I hear that. I resonate with that in a lot of ways. Um, yeah, that the festival experience is something that I cherish and I adore and something that I look forward to being able to reconnect into because of what you just said, the, the connectivity, the connection, um, and the love that just abounds and surrounds that space. And have done my best to bring that same energy into, yeah, this experience that is what has been unfolding and what continues to unfold. Um, and, and yeah, that message is, is peace and love and, and attempting to make those connections that we still have the capacity to do um, mm. just with different, different barriers, different or, or perceived barriers, I guess. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to, grateful to be able to have this connection mm. through, through a lens rather than, um, face to face. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I'm grateful to be here and I'm going to, I'm going to dive deep into that with you for sure. And before we do, what would you like to set your intention as for this miraculous journey we're about to go on? Ah, just observing the unfolding. I think that you and I will get to get to move into a lot of nooks and crannies and flow into that. And we will see something and then we'll be able to unfold it and see it again and unfold it again and see really what it initially came from. And maybe, maybe when we see where it comes from, we'll see where we're going toward. Um, Mm -hmm. So that is bearing witness to the unfolding. Mm. We were doing some breathing right before this, and I imagined our souls, if you will, connecting and then choosing to channel uh, and to create a space for whatever needed to come through in a way. I feel like what you're speaking to was, a, was for me, it was very much that. It's, I don't know what it's going to be, 
and even from my first podcast recording to now, and I acknowledge this pretty frequently because it brings me a lot of joy. But even from the first now, I'm finding that there's more peace in the not having to know which words are going to come next because there's this want to control it and make it look pretty and sound cute and have as the key having your quotes on fleek and your knowledge is like ready to go. But lately it's been about just enjoying the unfolding because it's in that unknown and that unfolding that, that beauty and that peace that you're referring to exists. So my intention is to piggyback with yours and to, to ride that wave, have some fun. Sounds like we're going to have a great ride then. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) So what, since COVID has started, obviously you mentioned, you know, the the nature of realities. Uh, A lot of us are stuck at home, which I guess now it's starting to uplift a little bit. So it's probably, possibly, possibly, you know, starting to head back towards whatever our new normal is. But what have you found has been a good way to keep your shit straight, if you will, to keep yourself somewhat centered in this, because I'll be frank in the beginning, I went through the first couple of weeks, there was like a denial. Then there was extreme anxiety. Then there was depression. Then there probably was more of an acceptance. And now there to me, actually, I'm entering a much greater space of hope and peace around it, but there is still the longing for a connection. And I haven't really solved that outside of the occasional meetup and doing Zoom calls like this. I'm curious what your experience has been like. Yeah, well, to to follow what you spoke of, the reaction that I think that you exhibited and that the the collective has gone through is is moving through those those stages of grief, which is absolute denial and then bargaining and like, oh, if only we do something else, then then maybe something else can happen before you get to the depression before acceptance and then, and then rebounding through that. Um, so I've, I've felt that on, on some levels, I do believe that breath work is what keeps me centered and grounded. Um, because that is something that we are able to observe that ebb and flow on a very very consistent, repeatable, and observable nature and acknowledging that if we don't observe it, it's very easy to to feel the highs and then plunge down into the lows on very large magnitudes, very, very significant deaths. Um, And for me, it is more in, in seeking balance and trying to maintain a level headspace so that I am moving with clarity and kindness and love rather than reacting to an emotional stimulus of one sort, one way or another. Um, And for me, breath work has been integral in that because no two breaths can be the same. You know, it's, it's, you may, the, the length of the inhale, length of the exhale, sustension, retention in all, all of those facets um, is, never going to be able to be repeated. Um, and neither will anything that ever comes again. Like we, we've gone through a very dark portion, which I think was necessary for the collective and for the individuals, um, that have experienced it. Mm -hmm. Um, and we will not have that again. We may have something that looks similar to it, 
but we will have the lessons that we learned in this period of time that we can use from and pull from our tool belt and say, well, this is what helped me the last time. Maybe this will help me again now, or I know this did not serve me. Let me try something else instead. Um, and so the, the overall human experience that's going on right now is just that it is an experience that we are fortunate to share and be able to, if we choose to communicate through it, um, and say, how are you feeling? What are you, what are you truly feeling? What is the truth in you? Does that truth resonate with me? If it does, cool, let's figure this out. If it doesn't, why doesn't it resonate? And does it have to resonate? Or are we okay with choosing to live differently? Um, I think some people have felt a lot of safety in being home. And more introverted tendencies of, of not feeling the need to go out and do the things and show out for show out for society like I myself love doing. I love being out. I love interacting. I love, uh, I love being, being with others. Um, so I have had some challenging parts in this lockdown, but I've also chosen not to lock myself down. Um, and I have continued moving, uh, continue seeing that, Earth is, Earth is always moving, always continuing, always changing. And so I will do the same. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for the perspective and, and the work that I have done for myself before all of this came about. And that was through meditation and breath work, you know, like, planting those seeds early has allowed for me to move through this space with grace and ease, uh, maybe more so than definitely more so than years prior before I had, had any acknowledgement of what that was. Mm. You made a great many beautiful points. The two that were most outstanding to me were one, breath work and to the seeds that you are sowing, if you will. Yeah. And my first I want to dive into is around the breath work. And my curiosity is what form of breath work are you using? Or is it a variety of breath works? Is there one that you you're like, ah, this is my bay, this breath work before any any other breath work? You know, I I've tried I've tried a lot of styles of breath work. Um, and it's come, it's come to me that all of them in one way or another are observing the breath as it unfolds on its own. And with that being like certain retention styles of holding or hyperventilating, going into holotropic breath work is a wonderful way to navigate the subconscious and unconscious mind. Though for me, it is just, uh, it's just light breath work, you know, just ease, grace, grace and ease is what, what comes back for me time and time again, is it doesn't have to be strict. It doesn't have to be regimented. It just has to be 
watched and observed. Um, observing the inhale as it moves, what does it, what does that feel like? Where in my body do I feel that? What am I noticing is shifting through this inhale? What do I feel at the top? What do I feel as I'm exhaling? And being able to use that as a template for navigating through our emotional space, uh, through our mental space, and saying with that same, what is this emotion that I'm feeling? Where am I feeling it? How am I feeling it? And not placing judgment on any of it whatsoever. Um, for that, like on the emotional space or how you're doing the breath work. Because some people say, yes, we need to do this amount of breath work for this amount of time for this many rounds. That's very much creating a, if this isn't, if you're not doing this, then it is wrong. Mm. And I don't think that there is anything wrong with breathing because, and there's no wrong way to breathe um, because it's going to continue doing it for you all the time. It's a, it's a subconscious thing that just will always be there for you as an anchor to come back to the present. And with that anchor is also lies the non-judgment in like, well, here I am. Do I feel like I need to be somewhere else? Maybe, but here I am again. And my breath is back. And if I'm one of the, the things that I keep in my mind is if I, if I'm angry or if I'm happy or however I'm feeling, I want to hold on to that as long as I can hold my breath. And specifically with anger or frustration, like if, if I have something that has bothered me by someone pulling out in front of me in, in the road, cool. Like I'm allowed to feel that non-judgment toward it, but I need to let that go at some point, just like I need to let, let go of my breath or I'll be stuck in one place and stagnant and the energy just settles and resides there. So I think that just light and easy breathing can really allow for us to process emotional responses, process our clarity of headspace um, with an ease that is always right in front of you. Like it's, and it's back and it's here again um, in, in each consecutive moment. That's beautiful. I actually really love the sentiment regarding only holding on to it as long as you can hold your breath, which I know for a fact, I don't do that with some of my experiences. And, and me too. And me too. And, um, and again, with non-judgment, like some days are better than others. Some moments are better than others. If we have a, a high trauma response to one thing, yes, chances are we may hold on to it for days, months, years on end if we're not mindful of it. Mm. But practice makes better. And awareness brings, brings it all back. Um, once you, once you acknowledge it and note it, then that that's it. You can then let go. Um, so thank you, thank you for that acknowledgement as well. 
Yeah, it's acknowledgement's been a big a big thing in my world lately. Even now, for example, <clears throat> uh, I'm sitting down for these conversations, and sometimes my body gets like, "What?" I knew that was going to happen one day, <laughs> and now it's a part of the show. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> this is great. Acknowledging it. Speaking yes. of acknowledgement, and guess what? Now I'm you get not, to stand up. I get to stand up. Wow, that's actually really funny. And that neat. That's really neat. So speaking of, yeah, that's going to be in the podcast too. This is great. So speaking of acknowledgement and everything goes, well, here's the thing. I, I knew that one day that that was going to happen because I have it set up against the wall. I was literally just saying, I'm sitting down and the universe is just like, the veil has been removed. And now here you are, you have been exposed. Of course, if you're not <laughs> yeah. watching, if you're not watching the video uh, format of this, you're listening audio, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? Now, you'll have to go and watch the video format and, and you'll see that that my my illusion has been removed and the and the uh the tapestry fell down. Anyways, uh acknowledging <laughs> and we're back. Acknowledging things as they come. Like I was just saying my legs were feeling like restless and and for a while, I was just like get antsy and I'd move. And now I'm like playing the game of, well, maybe this is just an opportunity to accept it and to acknowledge it. And who knows, maybe it'll allow itself to, you know, go back to a state of homeostasis. But I found that for so long, I tried to just ignore how I've been feeling. And for yeah. somebody like me, who's lean, super intellectual, and I have my entire life, I've ignored and dismissed my feelings, which I've come to learn and my emotions that... It's a, it's a byproduct of trying to escape. It's a form of escapism, trying to escape how I feel, which ultimately only conditions my body to pain and, and sadness and depression and, and those things. Because when those emotions, their emotion, energy and motion, they, they get all shaken up and they vibrate. And when they get stuck in the body, then ultimately it has nothing else to do except cause turmoil in the cells. And and create like, disease. Yeah. Dis-ease, disease, disease. It's, it's crazy to me that we didn't learn these things growing up. You know, we didn't, we didn't learn about the, the yeah. function and the importance of movement and not even just physical movement, but energetic movement and, and how to express and articulate and to acknowledge because really that is, you know, first is the awareness like, Oh snap. My leg is, you know, it's it's uncomfortable. And the second is, oh, okay, I acknowledge you, I see you, mm -hmm. and then, you know, from there, there's a there's a real choice around it. And these times have really shown me that you can't run. Yeah. You you think you can. You can. Yeah. Let me take that back. You can run, but at some point you'll realize that who you're running from is yourself and that every, around every corner, there you are, once again, staring yourself yes. in the face. Yes. And, and to, to move from there, I think that it, this slowdown stands to be very beneficial for a lot of people who have always continued to move or distracted themselves from the things that were these deeply seated rooted emotions, traumas, whatever that may be for, for the individual and offer a time for reflection and saying, okay, now I can't go to work. What am I going to do? 
sure mm-hmm. I can distract myself with this, that, and the other. But at some point, yeah, you're going to keep walking around the corner and realize that you're walking around this building and it's only going to keep being there. And, and then acceptance, because that's what I find all of these opportunities that are fearful or traumatic or uncomfortable are all opportunities for us to shine love onto it and acceptance and, and give it peace and give it the attention that it needs. Um, like in the perspective of, of an, a child that wants to just have any sort of attention and love and will do anything to get it, including act out for negative attention, Hmm. healing that inner child and giving that child the love that it wants is what inevitably we will all have to come and face. And that is that of facing our shadow, shining the light on that and being grateful for the experiences that have occurred, no matter how vile they may have been Mm. and say, I forgive you. I love you. I'm here for you. Let me take the lesson there and the lesson now and bring it into my walking and waking life. Um, and continue to spread that love everywhere else I'm able to, if we choose to. Hmm. I heard Jodas Benza say that an experience, a memory with the emotion removed is wisdom. And how yes. when certain memories, say, you know, traumatic ones, ones that are frustrating, ones that are filled with anger, when we latch on to them, we begin to live in this repetitive cycle of pick any emotion. Something happened. I the end product of an experience is an emotion. And if the end product is anger and I continue to relive that anger, eventually I program myself for anger. And I just that's who I am now, right? The as he says, it goes from being a I was angry in this moment to being a, a, a mood to a temperament. And then eventually your personality, you just are this person. Yes. And I've more lately started diving into that, um, that childhood self stuff, if you will. And then the shadow side and uh, the shadow self, which I've come to realize that shadow isn't equivalent to your your nasty side is just the things from which are outside of your awareness like your most endearing qualities can be hidden in the shadows as well as the traumas of your childhood which is really brilliant because if we equate shadow work to oh no i have to go look at my garbage it's like yeah but you acknowledging your garbage and you know owning your truth actually reveals your essence which is love it is abundance it is this peace that i think so many of us either consciously and even unconsciously really seek. Yeah. I think one of, one of those, one statement that you made, and I'll touch on it briefly was yes, these characteristics that people may love about our shadow, you know, and these are things that we have reprogrammed ourselves based off an experience to, to not show these tendencies to the world because out of fear of, how someone else has reacted. Um, and for instance, like patience, like somebody thinks that you're wasting time by just sitting around and, and observing the beauty that is around you. 
you will be reprogrammed into saying, oh, I can't sit down and wait. I can't be patient on this. I must act. I must keep moving forward. But when you acknowledge, and, and there you yeah. are, and we're yeah. back. Yeah. Um, and to that, doing the shadow work and saying, well, why did I choose to start rushing? Oh, it was because of this one thing. Well, what if that was wrong? Mm. Oh, that could change everything. Then I can feel confident about being patient or I can feel confident about choosing empathy or kindness or love. And yeah, the world, the world will happily see that. And then you, by doing that, show others that it's possible and safe to do that as well. And that's, that's one of the big things that I believe that I'm here to do is to hold a safe space and be my most authentic and truest self regardless of others perceptions so that others may also do that for me and and to show them and say yes you are allowed to feel what you're feeling you are allowed to do this unconditionally and and I'm going to do that same thing too mm-hmm. I felt that. The boy's going to get emotional. He's going to have tears streaming down his face. Yeah. I, something that I'm very clear about is that my programming has it that no matter how much I get done, it's never enough. And when you point at the person who who's like, I, I need to get things done and I, I don't have time for my feelings. I don't have time for my anger or my frustration or for me, my most my default one that I'm reprogramming, if you will, is overwhelm. Overwhelm is usually very close and in, in symptoms to anxiety and just like my chest gets heavy, my head starts spinning. I'm like, but I got to get these things done because why? Of course, if I'd ask myself that question, you know, it might actually stop that pattern a little bit, but it's like, I got to get this done. And, and what you're saying, it it resonates deeply around, and this wasn't the word that you used, but I, I think I'm starting to settle in the idea that if I, my, my real purpose in life, my, my real North star is that, you know, when I die, when I pass that, that any, every person who came into contact with me, that all they would know that I ever wanted for them was to to love myself and to have loved those around me and that they felt that love and that they were inspired to be in their truth, whatever that truth is. Cause I don't think that my truth is necessarily someone else's truth, but that they felt that for themselves, they could confidently say, I am who I am and who I am is enough. And to not, to not sacrifice that for, the thoughts and the and the whispers of, of sheep and those who wanted us to play small, but to really decide, you know what, like this is this is who I am. And if pointing back at what you said, because I won't lie, I got a little bit lost there for a second, but mm-hmm. bring it back. Sometimes you gotta tiptoe around it to get to the point right. that I feel like my mission is to be a mirror because so many I look out into the world. And I see people who are doing amazing things. And at first it starts off as judgment, but not towards them, towards myself yes. and envy and jealousy, mm-hmm. but has transmuted now more into, aha, 
I can learn from you and yes. choosing to elevate myself. It has now shown me more and more that I'm not learning anything. I'm just remembering. And that it's my job to merely hold up a mirror so that somebody else can see their own reflex, reflection more clearly, right? When you look into a, a vat of water, it's it's really hard to see when the, when the water is all choppy and, and messed up because there's all these things being thrown in the water by other people. People are throwing their ideas and their shoes and everything, and it's dismantling the water and it's root, completely destroying the true reflection. But when somebody comes up and just holds a mirror and throws nothing in your water and just says, hey, yeah, this is who you are for me. Yes. Yes. It allows it allows this the soul to be acknowledged and the soul can recognize itself. And sometimes the soul forgets itself because it's too clouded and muddied by the by the opinions of others. And I heard that in what you said and I found that to be really beautiful. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. It's um I think that we I resonate with with all you that you've spoken in in being that mirror. I, on, on the fundamental group belief, find truth that we are incarnated here to do that and to come to the awareness that we, we are all one, like we are all of the same and we are getting these different lenses of reality that we just get to peep through for however long you choose that to be years, months, lifetimes. Um, and once I see you in me, then I can have, then I have more likelihood to have love for you. And once I see myself in you, then just the same. It's like, how, how can I not love? How can I not love? Because we are one, we are the same and we're showing one another that we are love time and time again, as we choose to. Um, and that I think is the great, the great learning experience of the individual within the collective is how, how soon, how soon can you come back to love? How soon can you return to love? And then we're just kind of waiting and enjoying this love until someone else also sees it. And then you're like, oh, wait, you found the love too? Cool, let's love together. Oh, these people also love love. And that's where, that's how I found you in the festival season. Like, you know, like I, and I'd love to, to move into that story because it was an impeccable enlightening beautiful beautiful experience of intuition and being at electric forest turning my head feeling feeling pulled some way looking over seeing you and your partner and and being like yo that's that is love i'm gonna go explore that i'm gonna go see what's up with that um and it and, and now here we are, you know, like it, it love, love brought us together and love brought us back together. This whole conversation got me all mushy and gushy. Good. 
And you know, naturally my brain's just like, and how do you quantify that? How do you even begin to uh, journey down that rabbit hole? Because one of the things that I've found is I'm coming to have a lot more acceptance that I, that I don't know what I don't know. And that it's not necessarily always my job to know. And it's just my job to trust. And you hear words like trust and knowing and love and, and truth. And I hear these things. I'm like, man, if you would have said these things to me, even potentially less than a year ago, or even a little bit further beyond that, I'd be like, those are just words. They, they don't really have a whole lot of, uh, data, if you will, <laughs> like, like practical, tangible ways to, to, to move into that state of love, which I can even say now, like I'm, I'm not necessarily the perfect love guru. What I have come to believe and I'm coming to know and remember is that I do believe that I am the physical embodiment of love and that I forget, I forget that I am that. And it's easy, it's easy to forget, but, and, and I think that that's also part of the process, mm-hmm. a, a good part of it, because then you get to re-remember and it's a, a completely organic, blissful, orgasmic experience to, to return to love like over and over and over again and it's okay to forget Mm. and it's okay to remember and it's okay to forget and it's okay to remember Mm. and it's good for both um because then then you're present you're present in that space Mm. And it's beautiful that you bring up that the the thing that had you look and called you was was love and i think that this is something as a whole that experience in conjunction with the world that we live in with covid right the the desire for connectedness but the inherent lack of physical connectedness and one of my deep hopes is that when when we start to head into whatever our new normal is is that there's more people who who didn't just take that as a, oh, glad I survived that versus seeing it as an opportunity to to really grow and to realize that there's a lot of deep stuff that we've been overriding, mentally overriding, emotionally overriding, and to also realize that what was most needed in that time more than anything was was love, was to was to band together uh, as as a species. Mm-hmm. And set aside childish quarries, quarrels rather. And, you know, we're all fighting against this unseen, unknown force that in its own right uh, was perhaps one of the most beautiful teachers. And that is a weird thing. I just, as the first time I've said that out loud. Well, so it is. But it's in its own right. I say I wasn't really I. It was, you know, something else, you know, yeah. decided it was going to let that come through. Right. But yes. there was a teacher inside of it. And I feel like I'm still unraveling that. But if anything, to go from, you know, being with you and those people at Okeechobee to being here and, you know, going from super connected to super disconnected, like the thing that was most more needed now than ever is that feeling of yes i have love within myself and damn do i miss tribe damn do i miss my people and i can't resonate. wait resonate and what i want to bring into that is i i keep hearing this like 
well, this is the new normal or what will be the new normal. And, and normal is a peculiar word for me because I've never resonated with it, Mm. you know, uh, for, for myself. Um, I've always felt a bit out there and I've loved that. And I've, I, I chose to love that. Um, it was something that I hid for a while and, and suppressed and repressed. And then one day I said, man, fuck it. Like, it doesn't matter. Like this, this is who I am. I'm going to be my most authentic self. Let's fly with it. And I think that one of the other ways that we stand to create and cultivate a beautiful tribe is by doing the work for ourselves. And for me, that looks like becoming the best possible version of myself. Um, Not to say that the version of myself that I am today isn't beautiful and amazing. Let's, let's look for places that have the capacity for growth. Um, And so I look for that as we move forward into the next moment that becomes future of, okay, what can, what did I like? Let's move with this. What are things that I think I could become better at or the collective could come better at? Let's focus on that. Is that communication? Cool. Let's start talking some more. Is that love? Cool. Let's start loving some more. Like small steps will make vast changes in the long term. If we're mindful of those seeds that we're planting and knowing the fruit that we want to bear. Hmm. So perfect. I, forever ago, so I wanted to talk about two things. The first was whatever the hell it was, and the second was seeds. And here we are at seeds. And I was just like, oh, great. The whole conversation of seeds and how you had mentioned that. I think this is what you said. But what you, what I think you said was that what you're doing right now is planting seeds potentially to bear some fruit that you can't see right now what that fruit's going to be. And damn, like I've really seen a massive shift in the way that like I'm, I'm very much a person of ritual and systems and processes and being able to use those as a way to ensure that I'm, I'm on top of my game because naturally by nature, if I could just do it my way in life, I'd just be free flowing all the time. Just, sure. uh, that's how I'd be. But I know that with what I'm wanting to create, that it requires a certain level of integrity and commitment and discipline and that naturally, over a period of time, you plug yourself into those systems, it becomes, you know, your being, and then naturally you flow more easily because it becomes an unconscious competence. And yes, and that's the state we want to be in, unconscious competence towards habits and behaviors that serve us versus, uh, you know, the opposite, the, the not necessarily well-intentioned side, not that they're bad or good. I really try to remove those words from my vocabulary as much as possible, but serving versus non-serving, just like you said, when it comes to where I'm going, it's either serving or not serving. That's one thing I'm I'm trying to remove shame and guilt and bad or good from my vocabulary, because I think that those are non, they're just not good to be driven to be driving behavior because if we always need good or bad shame and guilt to be driving behavior, then we're almost always running away from something like, Oh, I don't want to feel that way. Let me run this way. Or we, we settle into that shame or that guilt, but to, to just look at it and say, okay, where do I want to go? Okay. Does this serve that? 
No. And just remove the good or bad about it and just do the thing or don't do the thing and have grace. Exactly. Exactly. And for me, what I'm working on melting away is my shoulds. Like, should should I feel this way? Should I not be feeling this way? Just feel, just be, just do. And, and examining what, what made me feel like I should be doing something. Oh, it was because of this, that, or the other. Cool. Now I know that let that go. Um, now, now we're back. Um, I think, I think a lot of things and some of them are true (laughs) and, and the neat thing to me with a passion of mine, which is gardening and, and, and tending, tending to plants is being able to watch the process of a seed change into something that it doesn't look at all like. And just like, for instance, you pull out a tomato seed. I use tomatoes because it's my favorite fruit. Love them to death. Tiny little thing, little disc-shaped. You could probably fit 10 of them on, on your pinky nail. And that small thing will overrun anything that you planted on, given the care and sunlight and all of the the things that it needs to to cultivate well, and turn Mm -hmm. it into a plant that will bear a fruit that bears no resemblance to that seed. But blessed be that it did it and you had the patience to observe the process through it. Um, and, and taking care of plants was one of the things that allowed me to come to so many of these realizations of the nature of life and the experience of life and the patience that was required for it because there are so many stages in the seeding process. It is putting one tiny thing into the ground and then waiting and saying, I wonder if this is going to work. I wonder if anything's going to come up. <laughs> That's where maybe that hope and faith comes in of like, no, I know, I know something's coming. I'm just going to wait until it pops its head up out of the ground. <laughs> and then it's a, a tiny little sprout that in no way could bear the weight of uh, one tomato, much less 40 pounds of tomatoes. And then allowing it to grow, providing it support and structure, giving it what it needs to allow for it to continue to move. And in that case, it's, it's no longer a seed anymore. Then it, then it is the plant. And then it goes through its cycle of growing up. It moves into its flowering stage and we admire the beauty of the blossoms and the blooms. And then that stage moves past and then it's fruiting. And then our fruits there and we get to watch the fruit of our labor grow and we get to watch it ripen. And then we get to harvest the fruit of our labor and say, damn, that tastes good. Or damn, I like this. Hopefully because, Hopefully. because you may say, man, this is not 
the kind of tomato that I like to eat. Oh, I planted the wrong seed. Okay, cool. Mm. The next time I'll plant a seed that of a tomato that I do like to eat. And the cycle continues. And I think that that is where our practices, our habits, our mm. intentions, um, can follow a very similar path. It's, we have the ability to call things into our lives and to make things reality. And those things typically take a little bit more time than, than instant manifestation or gratification. That being said, those things do happen. Just like we saw with your, your tapestry coming down soon as it was spoken. <laughs> down it comes. So there, there are levels with that, but for the most part, enjoying the ride and surrendering and saying, okay, I'm cool with being at this or that stage will make the, the bearing of fruit so much more of an enjoyable experience and a pleasure and, and, and gratitude, um, abounding. And, and so it continues. Hmm. I think one of the difficulties for many of us of that process is the deep desire to mitigate wasting time and the perfectionism wanting to kick in that has us want to pick the perfect seed the first time versus just allowing yourself to go through that that process and seeing the seed turn into a sprout and the sprout turn into its fruit bearing form and thusly sinking your teeth into it, into its you know, juicy profile only to realize, damn, that ain't it. <laughs> that, yep. that ain't so, it. So, so plant a lot of seeds, you know, grow, mm -hmm. grow tomatoes and potatoes and, and squash and, and lettuces and, and find out what you like to do. And if you don't have the patience, grow a lettuce that takes a week and a half to, to come into something versus a tomato that takes two months, you know, and, and, and we have the ability to have faster returns if we choose to, or find another way to, to spend your time and, and other seeds that can be cultivated like, taking care of the self, you know? Mm. Um, and that is, I mean, it is known that, that we are, we are also of that, you know, we are, we were created from a seed, um, and, and grown and nurtured and then brought forth into life. And now we're in this process and we feel like, I feel like a lot of people in our generation right now are, get stuck in a thought of, Oh, I, this is where I need to be. And I need to have the success and, and, and with all these measures, um, but baby, like what's, we're still in, we're still in early stages. Like we don't have to be fruiting. We don't have to be where people that have been doing this for 40 years are. And even if they have expectations of us being there, cool. Well, I'm not, I'm right here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and we're back. Like, awesome. 
It is really easy to get lost in the comparison of our journeys to others. And I feel like that that's where so many of us have go wrong, right? That comparison is the thief of joy. And if joy is truly being in the present moment, if it is getting lost in the process and allowing it to unravel as it is, then as soon as we start looking at our yield and looking at someone else's yield, mind you, there's no context for their yield. And you look at their yield as bearing all these fruits and it's, it's, truly spectacular to actually see everything that's happening as a product of their work and if there was like a like a I imagine like a picture and like it's split in half and on the left side there's yours and on the right side is theirs and theirs is bountiful and yours it's in progress right yes. and, and then you look at time elapsed and yours is 30 days and you look at theirs and it's you know 10 years times 365 you know three three thousand six hundred and 50, 36,000, whatever it is, right? Like whatever the number is. And and we look at ours and we say, fuck it. Like, I don't, I don't know if I want to continue on. Part of me wonders, it's like, is that because, because it wasn't the fruit we were meant to build in the first place is, or is it perhaps because of a sense of, in some cases it might be that some cases, maybe it's like a sense of worthiness. And like, we don't believe in our worthiness enough to look at that and say, Hmm, as opposed to judging mine, why don't I go over to his and ask him how, how he did that. How did you, you know, what have you learned? Right. Cause going through that process, they've had plenty of failed seeds. They've had plenty of failed experiences and, and they've learned the hacks and the tricks and, and being able to go and distill that information, whether it's in the form of a book, a podcast, a, a lecture, a webinar, a seminar, whatever that form is, it's, it's really easy to lose ourselves in that prime example, myself, with yeah. this podcast, I I have plenty of people whom, in a way, like inspired this vision. One of those people being Aubrey Marcus. Yeah. I love the man's work. And when I look at his podcast in the beginning, I'm like, how the shit am I ever going <laughs> to get <over> there? <laughs> yeah. And I went back to listen to his first episode. And I was just like, he was a young sprout once too. Absolutely so. And I think that... That, that gives me a visual of acknowledging, let's just say like any sort of a fruit tree, you know, a, a tree that has been around for many, many years and, and bears good fruit and allows people to eat from it. Um, and it, and provision is, is a big word for me and, and abundance in, in that space and saying, cool. Well, this tree right now is fulfilling its role of being able to provide. And so you go over to that tree and and you eat of it, or you get knowledge or understanding or a book, a podcast, whatever, whatever that fruit may be. And there's another tree that is just very young and hasn't, hasn't made it to, to that thrivingness, but when this younger tree is at that age, it will be able to provide so much too. Hmm. And this tree will likely be on its last leg. And so timing and patience and saying, I'm okay with where I am because I'm providing what I'm able to later on down the road, I might have so much overflowing abundance that that was when it was truly needed. We may think that we need this and that and need to be able to do this and that for others in this moment. But when it comes down to it, it may be 
quite too early and we need to exercise patience and say, okay, looking back 20 years from now, I'll say, oh, it makes sense why I was in that space right now because now I'm able to provide an abundance of provision just like that person did to me or, or anything of that nature. Mm. I will be the first to admit that getting lost in the process is something that I am choosing to take on as a practice that I'm not always the best at it. Cause I'm, uh, I just had this hit me recently is that I, I, I want to be good at whatever it is that I do. I want to be really good. I want to be more than good. I want to excel. Right. And yeah, whatever it is. And I didn't, this was actually unconscious to me. I did. It wasn't until recently when I thought about it, I was like, anything that I really commit myself to, not by nature of, uh, of like really consciously doing this, but I end up being one of the, one of the people, if you will, that you look at and you say, Oh, like he might be someone you can learn from. When I got into acro yoga, I got straight into it and like became one of the most like the teachers of the group. When I did competitive weightlifting, I went to States when I did academics, I was magna cum laude. Whenever it was always like this strive towards excellence. I never really thought about it. It just was kind of one of those things that I did. And it came to me only recently that uh, there was like this uh, subconscious belief that if I wasn't a certain level, that I'm not good enough. So when I'm starting out, if I'm not already at that level, I'm not good enough. Yeah. And it, and then that filters the experience. It makes the journey arduous. And it's like one day, one day, one day, as opposed to saying today, 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 every single day is that gift. Every single day you are enough and you know starting a business and starting a podcast and now i'm starting uh, something around movement and i'm going to be getting yoga teacher certified that's a new thing i'm taking on like i'm going to go get yoga teacher certified like that's something yeah. that i congratulations thank you it's <laughs> all these things are brand new journeys and it's going to be so easy to just look at myself and be like oh i'm such a beginner but man and good and good that's what I'm, I'm actively taking on is what do I need to dismantle and reframe in order to allow myself to see that beginner's mindset and say, fuck yes. Because yeah. if there's anything that I learned from being a competitive weightlifter is your first mm, two to three years is when you get your best. You're and then yeah. right around that two or three year time is when the when it starts to flatten. And now you yeah. have to fight 10 times as hard to get even a quarter of what you put in on the input and that there is a massive learning curve. And if you don't learn to enjoy this, you're definitely not going to enjoy that. You're not going to enjoy the, the hard grind when you're really getting into that mastery and that deep, deep, deep dive when you're going beneath anything that is known has ever been known and you're traveling into the the galaxy of uncertainty like <laughs> it has to start with the with the beginner's mindset and that's something you know may 12th of 2020 is when this is being shot and it'll be curious to look back on these one day and be like man if only you had known, or even just to be like, yeah, you were, you were in progress or you were in process like you were figuring it out and that's okay. Yeah. And it's beautiful. Yeah. It got to start somewhere. That's a, a, a very famous, I believe it's Lao Tzu is, is a 
journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You know, it's mm. small, small incremental changes will, will get you to where, where you feel like you need to be and, or it'll get you to wherever you need to be. <laughs> what is one of your biggest fears? Ah, uh, my, one of my deepest rooted fears has been abandonment. Um, hey, same. In, 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 in my life, it's been a, it's been a journey that has, that has come up time and time again. And and I came, I've been able to work through that fear by acknowledging what we were talking about earlier, that we are, we are all of the same and that we are all one and that it is, it is my choice to create that separateness and that boundary and that space and that abandonment that that was created. So, uh, working through work through and, and can, will continue with that. Um, and it's again, just the re reminder, like perfect love casts out all fear. Once I, once I remember the love and, and the love that is of all and, and channel that back in and allow that love to flow through the vessel, which is me. Um, then there is no distance between you and I. Hmm. Perfect love to flow into my vessel. Mm-hmm. I dig Just that. Open, open up all the channels. And one of, one of the things that I read and, and that I enjoy speaks to that we're not learning how to love we're just learning how to open all the barriers that we have created against it and mm-hmm. all of the doors that we have shut in love's face um whether that be not feeling worthy or others telling us that we are not worthy um and just oh like <laughs> sun's out why don't you just open up the shades instead you know it's <laughs> You've, you've created this dark, dismal space, but in actual reality, you <laughs> close the window your damn self. Maybe somebody, <laughs> maybe somebody else did. I can't speak for all experiences, um, but I, I can speak for mine, and I can speak for what I see, and that is we, we tend to be our own worst enemy in that space and, mm-hmm. and thinking of of lack or, or not letting the light shine in, um, Mm -hmm. and shine through because Mm -hmm. we have access to it every moment, every second, every minute, every day. Um, and it's just opening back up to it and, and then just the radiance just can, can move through. And we have so much to give of it because it overflows from us. Not to to take this to a completely dark place because it has it's well founded what I'm about to say, but by the time I think I was eleven or twelve, I had been sexually abused. Two out of three of my best friends died in a car wreck. The third one disappeared. My parents divorced, and we moved from the only 
set of friends that I'd ever had. Yeah. And Bless. I, I share all that not to boohoo, woe is me. Cause I know for a fact that somebody's listening like that ain't shit. I've had it way worse. And, and that's okay. Cause that's not what this is about. Really what it's about yeah. from in, in pointing at what you were saying was acknowledging the blockages that the, that the sun is out yet. I have the windows closed. The blockages exist. Love is not flowing. And something that I've come to realize for myself is that it's always a choice and that it may not have been my fault that those things happen, but it's damn my rope, damn well, my responsibility to get the fuck over it. And not from like a, uh, like a, like a shameful bad place, but like, I'm either going to overcome that pain and, and those blockages and take responsibility for my being of it, or I'm not, there is no in between. You either take responsibility or you don't. And the, and the ones who take responsibility for it and say, okay, I've blocked myself off to love. And the result of me blocking myself off, uh, off from love is it's, it's depression, it's anxiety. That's the result. But the deep-rooted fear of loneliness and abandonment that no matter who I'm going to be with, that they are going to abandon me or disappear and that, uh, that you're going to hurt me if I let you in close so I keep you at a distance. I, I, you get this close and then you know, that's, that's, that's too close. Cause now you can hurt me. I can continue to let that be running the show subconsciously, which it has. And so many of us have those subconscious blockages that we are aware, or unaware of, and that ultimately they are the ones driving because 95% of all behavior as Joe Dispenza would say is subconscious. And if our subconscious is wired for fear of abandonment and loneliness, and the byproduct of that is stay away, keep back, you only get so close. 95% of all behavior is being driven by that. And for me, I choose to acknowledge them and to take responsibility because I want to let that sunlight shine. I want to let that love flow because I know what it's like to not have that flow. And that is perhaps the most agonizing thing that I could ever experience and embody. And I'm not going to let my life be a narrative of something that happened to me that I really had no control over. Yeah. And that's okay. Well done. It's, um, it is acknowledging what, what we choose to perpetuate because if it is subconscious, then we do need to do a lot of work to prevent that from perpetuating, um, or reframe, reprogram, practice anew. Um, and then just like many things, like for me, it's, it exercises is a, a beautiful outlet and it's, it's how I hold space for others is, is in that, in that nature. And if you, if you pick up a weight wrong over and over and over again to the point of injuring yourself, you've done that out of bad form and bad habit. If we, we talk about weightlifting, you know, mm -hmm. if, if you squat incorrectly, yeah, you may be able to get stronger at it, but until you fine tune the mechanics and say, no, let's do it this way instead. And then see 
tremendous growth or lack of pain or whatever that looks like for you, um, it does take good intentional work of shifting and redoing everything on the inside. Mm. Um, and as you said, again, it's beginning to enjoy that process, um, of the undoing of the unfolding of the untying. Um, so that then you see what's in front of you and then, then the map's right there for you. Mm. You just gave me such a beautiful idea. I don't know if I've shared this with you, but one of my biggest, if not the biggest goal slash wins that I have that I'm aiming for is creating a conscious collective commune community type setup where it's just dedicated space to people who are down to do the work and want to continue elevating their consciousness to be in truth, to be in love and to have this on on site facility, this functional facility where there's like an area for exercise and working out and another area for like yoga and movement and, and animal locomotion and all these varying forms of expression, as well as a retreat workshop center where we're diving into the intelligence of the collective unconscious and conscious and then they're being like this on site i have a friend who's a ayurvedic chef and she you know bringing in that food aspect as well just creating this community this hub for people to really aspire towards you know their greatest expressions of themselves wherever they choose that to be and in what you said i was just, i've you know, been playing with like what this is about like what is the core concept and i almost like hear the words like the school of unlearning and remembering it's like the community of unlearning. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like yeah. getting rid yeah. of and unpacking all that shit and remembering the, the divinity, that essence that is just dying, dying to be expressed. Yes. I, um, I, that has not been shared with me yet. And that is something that um, in my past I have, I have called in and said that, yes, that I would like to be in a community of like-minded individuals that are wanting the best for one another and for themselves and for, for all. And, um, I am fortunate to continue to find people that have that same desire. And you are one of many handfuls of, of my friends that say, yo, we got to do this. And so I'm here for that. And, uh, I'm grateful to be the bridge and the connector to create something that we can look back in 20 years and be like, yo, remember that time I was on your podcast and <laughs> here we are. And here we are. Um, so yeah, might as well. That's, that's one of, what's one of my, my, my big phrases in my life. And if you ever take one of my classes, you will hear it well and often is, is might as well. Like, do I know it's going to happen? No. Can I pick up this weight? I don't know. I'm going to try. Might as well. Like, <laughs> why not? I, I haven't got a damn thing to lose except maybe my ego finding out that it was wrong and good on it then. Um, let's, let's, let's do something fun. Let's do something fun. Let's enjoy this and because might as well. 
Mm. Might as well. That's good. I feel like that that perfectly pairs with the beginner's mindset. Yes. Like, is, it, is it worth doing it? Like, I don't know, but might as well give it a whirl. Worst thing that happens is, is you decide that that's not your seed to seed to sow. Exactly. And and if you don't if you don't try, then you can't find out. And that's something that was advocated and advised to me in a lot of ways in my life. And when it was initially advised, it was out of pursuing a relationship and, and acknowledging, okay, well, this might work out. This might not work out. I'm either going to find out that it does or doesn't, or look back and say, but what if I'd done this? And what if I had tried? Like, I've, I've let go of that and, and ever wanting to feel that way again of what if I had only done it different? Well, I didn't. So, (laughs) Oh, Oh, well now I might as well do what I want to do and I might as well find out so that I don't kick myself for not have done it. I, I might, I might as well rather kick myself for done something and learn the mistake than not done something and missed out on something beautiful. Hmm. What would you say when they're reading your obituary? What would you you want to have been remembered by? Hmm. That's a great question. Um, Still, still hadn't ever thought I was going to die yet just with this eternal mindset that I hold and believe that we're in. Um, you know, my message is peace and, and I want, I want to bring people into, into my peace. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell people how to live or tell people what to do. Um, but I'll say I got a damn good life. I love, I love what I got going on and I will always invite others into that space and say, yeah, like, come, come into my peace. Enjoy this, breathe with me, like love with me. Um, and, and there is that. Mm-hmm. people are wanting to stay connected with you get connected with you hear what my dude is all about and what he's up to yeah what is the best way for that to occur i uh i'm on instagram a lot maybe too much but um (laughs) you can can find we all have our vices yeah it's there's a scroll hole that happens every now and then and, and that's all right um yeah alex limbeck First and last name, call me by my name. Um, I and on on Facebook, if you want to find me there and you want to be my friend, I invite you into that um, and and reach out. I love I love people. I love communication, 
and um, and and let me know what I can do for you. I'm here for you, whatever that looks like. Holding space, giving love, anything, anything. If I'm able to provide, and I believe that I can, because provision is abundant, and if I can be the vessel through which provision is channeled through, it's it's an honor and a privilege to do so. Hmm. Beautifully said. And if there is one thing that you want to leave people with, considering we've, we've gone on a journey now, right? We've we've talked about the the shift from connectedness to disconnectedness, and the importance of seeding our know, possibilities and realizing that some seeds are for us, and that some are for us, and that ultimately, as long as we come with that beginner's mindset, that we chew love, chew love. Choose love. You gotta chew on some love. You gotta get that love food. That's that's soul food, right? Chewing on some love, right? And we we do the work of consciously removing those blinds that are not allowing us to see the light, right? The San Holo song, even if it makes me blind, I just want to see the light. Like allowing that light to shine how rather what is one thing that we can do to begin to see that light that divine light within us that is love and to really embody that as a practice going forth don't forget to breathe (laughs) that's that's what i come back to and it's and it's another thing if you ever come take any of my classes that i will remind you well and often is it's all connected back to the breath Uh, We are able to move the energy. We're able to move the light. We're able to do all things with our breath and with intention. Um, So if you, if you get lost, come dance with me and you can find that dance in, in the rhythm of the breath. Thank you so much for being here, friend. Thank you. I love you. I appreciate you. Um, love the shit out of you stay blessed stay blessed I cannot wait to see you again um, in physical form physical um, form that's for <laughs> damn sure so awesome. so and I, and I believe it will happen soon we have mm-hmm. we have good days ahead rest assured with that um, we've we have work to do but there are good days ahead mm. so it is and so it is. For those of you who are listening, thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. As always, continue to, to do the work. It can be uncomfortable at times. If you continue to show up, continue to plant those seeds, to find, follow, and live your truth. You just might find that there's some true peace, some true love and serenity on the other side of that. And as always, continue to follow the wolf within you. Peace. Peace. Thank you so much for listening in. If you got value out of this message, we would love it if you subscribed and shared it with your tribe so we can continue to share this message and this medicine with people all over the world. Much love and peace be with you.